This show is part of the Pod Tyrant Network. For more podcasts, interviews, and content, visit PodTyrant.com. Welcome to another episode of Bad Wolf Radio, a discussion and review podcast all about Doctor Who. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Goins, and I'm here with the man who would have been a better actor than any of the three people they picked to play the military leaders in the pyramid at the end of the world, Adam Farmer. <laughs> okay, so that was... That, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here, like, hand in front of my mouth right now, because that that is... Yeah, okay, I, I'm going to take that. I honestly could have done better than any of the military leaders <laughs> in the pyramid at the end of the world. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean... W- there's there's nothing else that needs to be said right we can just wrap this up with wrap up that episode of doctor who with that comment and that comment alone (laughs) i yeah we'll get to it i mean it's setting the tone for our review here we've been we actually took a week off from bad wolf radio because we wanted to well partially because i wanted to take a week off but beyond that we needed to have more time, I think, to prepare for these next two episodes. Yeah, and I, there, there's precedent for this, right? When we, uh, for Series 9, as we were getting hit with these two-part episodes, we would. We, we, we would watch the first one, take a week off, watch the second one, and do them all combined. So th- we, we've done something like this before, but this seems like a an especially special instance. Yeah, um, this was the big trilogy of the season. A huge trilogy. That we were all anticipating. So I guess what we get to talk about today is, you know, we get to talk about the second and third parts and did it live up to our expectations? Um, was Were there major flaws? Did they reveal too much information that maybe ruined some things? I mean, I, there's a lot to talk about. Um, we don't really have any news to talk about. So actually, I do have one question for you, though. Go for it. Because I do. I noticed that you posted an article about somebody had taken the time to rank every episode of the modern Doctor Who. That they did, and it was it was quite lengthy. So I actually didn't have a chance to click on the link or even read any of the article. But and not that we have to get too much into it, because I know one of our listeners doesn't like rankings. He he made that clear today on the Facebook page. So we to each their own. Each, each their own. own. We won't get into the ranking too much, but I am curious just to you know give me the top five. Do you remember? Oh, see, I <laughs> I was so caught up in the bottom. Let me pull it up real quick. I'll pull it up real quick. Um, we'll give credit where credit is due because this is an article that comes from uh, Digital Spy. Um, the the TV section of Digital Spy. They they have some solid Doctor Who coverage over there. Um, I'm always impressed with some of the things that they pull out when it comes to the number of uh, or the top five episodes. I am just about there. And there are uh, 115 total that they pulled out. So starting at number five, 
Human Nature, The Family of Blood, which is going to be the uh, David Tennant, John Smith, Fob Watch um, two-parter. So they combined those two together. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I love that episode, those episodes. Cool. So that's number five. Number four, The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances, another two-parter. Uh, this is the Gas Mask Kids. Gas Mask Kids Mummy. Everybody Lives, Rose. Everybody Lives. Yes, great episodes. The Doctor Dances. Uh, number three, Midnight. Um, and this is one that, yeah, I'm embarrassed to say that I have no recollection of this at all. <laughs> what is the, does it give you a summary? Hot and claustrophobic horror Midnight is Russell T. Davies at his darkest, the, with the doctor rendered powerless against an indefinable force of evil, Molto Bene. Is that the one where they're on that crystal planet and stuck in the, uh, the crawler yes it is the diamond planet oh is this the one where he kind of goes off on his own but um yeah what's they, her name is his companion um donna right this is a donna episode and he but he like leaves her to kind of enjoy this resort type thing and then he goes yes. off and does his own thing yes yep yeah did not like this one no okay i no. need to go back and rewatch it but yeah, this one caught me by surprise. It's not a well-known one. Okay. Number two, that was number three. Number two is Blink. I mean, yeah, can't argue with that. That's like one of those episodes where if you don't say you like it, you just don't tell anybody. Or like, if you, <laughs> you know, it's like you have to like that. It's part of part of the fandom. Um, I mean, timey-wimey, right? Without that episode, we wouldn't have timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. Um, it is, It is right up there in fandom. Now, the number one episode, which will make me extremely happy, um, and you probably slightly disappointed, but number one on their list is The Girl in the Fireplace. Good episode. Um, so this, whoever wrote this is obviously a big uh, David Tennant fan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could probably take that stretch and say that. Um, and for you, just to... Just to uh, give you a little bit of peace of mind 11th hour is number six okay so, so it just, just missed the top, of five. Our top five okay okay cool i didn't want to like dwell too much on it but you had mentioned it and we were kind of discussing it on the facebook page today about ranking and not ranking and all that stuff so i thought it'd be interesting to hear what the top five were yeah and to, to me the whole idea is if you were going to sit down and watch through every episode if you just happen to have the time to do that, which would be extraordinary in the first place. What order would you watch them in? Um, and that that even might be a flawed way to think of it. But in my mind, that's the ranking that I have. This is going to be the order that I sit down and watch these episodes in. And some are definitely going to be the very last episodes I watch. Yeah, I've learned with Doctor Who as far as rewatch goes. It's like whatever's at the top of my mind if I watch an episode of current who with Capaldi and something in that episode reminds me of another episode, I'll go watch it. Um, or if they face a villain they haven't faced in a while and, you know, I'll go back and watch that. You know, I know when they had river come back, um, for the Christmas special, I went back and watched all of the river episodes at that time. So it's kind of like what, whatever happens to be on my mind at the time, I will then go back and rewatch episodes that are related to that. 
but I don't really have any particular order or even episodes that I regularly go back and watch. See the the girl in the fireplace. I've I've watched that more times than I can count. That episode to me is just it, it's so perfect. It's so heartbreaking at the end. I've just watched that one way too many times. I feel like if there was one episode I've probably seen more than any others, it's probably Eleventh Hour, and it's mostly because that's the one where I feel like I can introduce people to Doctor Who. So if I have people over that have never seen it before, and I'm like, hey, watch this with me. You know, so I force my friends to watch it. Yeah, I've I've made a, some mistakes. <laughs> it's a good jumping on point. Eleventh uh, hour is. Yeah, no, definitely. I've made some mistakes in my first episode introductions. Uh, yeah, not 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 usually the best choice on my part. Yeah, did you do the? Uh, what's the one where the guy ends up being part of like the? The Azorbilov. The Azorbilov, yes. Yeah, yep, that's that funny. Is, you that... knew what I was talking about. <laughs> That, because that is like my 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 worst moment of Doctor Who fandom discipleship um, as I tried to introduce someone to Doctor Who through that episode because I thought, hey, it's really funny. They'll love it. You know, it, it was bad choice. <laughs> bad choice. Oh, yes. Very bad choice. Wow. Yeah. Not that's... one you want to – that's one you have to really get used to the idea of Doctor Who and the silliness of the monsters before you can uh, introduce somebody to the Absorbaloff. Yeah, yeah, the faces and his skin. I mean, Ooh. yeah, not a good idea. Anywho. No. All right, well, yeah, that was a bit of a side a little uh, side journey there we took, but we are here to mainly just review the last two episodes of Doctor Who, starting with Pyramid at the End of the World. Um, this one was actually written by Stephen Moffat and Peter Harness um, and directed by Daniel Netheim. And it picks up um, kind of where the other one left off. Right. I mean, this is the second of the three-parter, the first being Extremis. And we had, at least I had, such a, a feeling of excitement after watching Extremis. And where that episode ends, the doctor calls up Bill and basically explains, hey, you remember Penny, <laughs> um, this girl, or do you know Penny? Are you with her right now? Well, you probably want to get that ball rolling because we're going to be busy for a long time. Um, and that's essentially where Pyramid at the End of the World picks up, right? We we have Bill and we have Penny. Yeah, and it set, he's really, he did set the expectations of this kind of epic story that was coming. You know, they're going to have a lot of work to do uh, to prepare, I guess, for these monks. Um, I'm trying to remember, you know, so the first episode ended with him kind of sending himself the email with the sonic sunglasses and kind of outwitting the monks yeah and and we were we were kind of put on the the top of a hill getting ready to run or to to roll down at full speed with this idea that the monks the the aliens which i mean still throughout both of these episodes that we're getting ready to review they're still really well done um, right, they they don't have to do much, and they just have this air of creepiness about them. But they had run this computer simulation over and over and over and over and over, and they knew exactly how to conquer the world. Um, and that's that's kind of that expectation that we had set that they were this 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 force to be reckoned with, um, that they could do what they wanted because they had run the simulation and they knew what needed to be done. I'm kind of interested in their their species, their race, whatever they 
whatever alien that they are, we really didn't get very much insight into their their culture other than this group of monks. Um, they have a really cool look about them, you know, as far as being this intimidating alien. But then my I'm kind of just wondering, is there like literally like five of these guys that are trying to take over <laughs> or or is there an entire race and they just have these guys just happen to kind of be the leaders and look at the way they look, but then everybody else is kind of more normal. I'd, I'd actually love to learn more about them, but maybe they, we just didn't have the time, I guess, to get into that stuff. Yeah. And, and there's some pretty interesting insights in, um, not the pyramid at the end of the world, which is number two, episode number two, but the lie of the land, which is number three, when, um, conversation takes place between the doctor and another individual, it kind of gives you this idea of greater scope and that there are potentially more out there. Um, and the idea of if they fail at taking a planet, they just chalk it up to experience. So they've they've done similar things before. Uh, this isn't their first rodeo. So I I would still be interested. Oh, and then we saw a certain one of them that looked distinctly different than the others. Um, the the one in the pyramid in the lie of the land that will I, I I'm assuming we're going to talk about that as well. But um, so there's there does look to be different looks of these but they're they're generally creepy like i think it's probably one of the more well done monsters of doctor who that we've seen in quite some time yeah i I would agree with that the look of the characters with the robes and just kind of this um almost decaying mummy type look to them um was very intimidating i don't know if they aliens were actually used very effectively but the design was really cool (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, I mean you're you're spot on, right? And, and it seems like we had uh, we had other other aliens uh, a couple seasons series ago called the Whispermen, right? Super creepy looking dudes, but again, they kind of like they're flash in the pan. They they look really good for a little bit, and then all of a sudden they're just gone. I I'm hoping that's not the case of the the monks where they they look really good, but then they just disappear and we never see them again. I feel like that is going to be the case. I honestly, unless, I, maybe I think they're going, you're right. Yeah, unless they're like they get defeated and they decide to go off and try to find or get a bigger force and come back. Um, but I don't know. I feel like we might have seen the last of the monks. Yeah, we. I I think you're right. The next time we'll hear of them will be on one of the uh, the big Finnish audio dramas. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, when Capaldi decides to come back for those <laughs> him and uh. Uh, Pearl, but oh yeah, that that was another thing too. I guess that we could have talked about before we got into this review. But I did see Pearl Mackey at uh, Philadelphia Comic Con, um, and got to attend her panel and hear her speak about you know kind of her time on Doctor Who. So that was actually she was actually really cool. I will say this: I'm not loving her character, but I really like her as a person. Yeah, I mean everything that I've seen. I mean she's she's fairly active on on social. Um, she's constantly posting on instagram and she's she's on top of twitter and she's all over the place and everything i've seen of from her she's she seems like a genuinely nice person and she she seems like she's a solid individual and so much good about her and what she's doing and what she's accomplishing but there's there's definitely been highs and lows with bills with bills with bill even within these these two episodes themselves there there's moments where 
it's like, oh, you know what? That was that was pretty awesome. And there's moments where it's like, come on, seriously, why are you doing this? <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll get to those moments. Uh, so we were talking about how Bill does end up on another date with Penny, and then they have a similar thing happen that happened to them last time as far as <laughs> yeah. somebody related to the doctor run, or kind of runs into the room, interrupts their date. This time it happens to be the UN Secretary General um, as opposed to the to the Pope, but, um, so kind of an ongoing gag with these two Penny may be done. I don't know. She might be like, okay, this is enough. Or maybe, yeah. three, maybe she'll give her a third strike. And, and as, as far as we know, she didn't make it through the third episode of the series. Right. Um, there's, there's, there were so many casualties towards the end of this trilogy that who knows, she might've not even made it. And she's been, just been erased from everybody's memory. But yeah, so they have that happen. U- UN Secretary General shows up. He's looking for the doctor. He calls him the president. We and then they kind of go back to the whole idea that the pr- that the doctor is the president of the world. When which strangely we mentioned crisis. two episodes ago, right? Which I'm thinking that um, I'm trying to remember when this kind of happened before because it did um, with with um, Clara. Was it the Zygon invasion? I think it might have been in those episodes, but I think Missy was involved at some, at one point, right? Yeah, she was. Uh, ooh, when he was president. Oh yeah, she was involved in the Zygon invasion because she toasted Oswald. Uh, yeah. Oz, yeah, Osgood. Osgood, yeah. So I think yeah. So we we there's precedent set for the Doctor, I guess, having this kind of power when needed. Um, so the UN is looking for him. Then we find out there's this pyramid that kind of showed up out of nowhere, 5,000-year-old pyramid, which I still am kind of confused about the 5,000-year-old pyramid. Is that just um, – it was basically just their spaceship? Yeah, essentially. That's – I that I mean, honestly, that's, that's what we're given. And I guess they knew it was 5,000 years old just because it looked like every other pyramid. So they're like, hey, pyramid 5,000 years old. I was wondering um, if they took – if they had some scientists, you know, go over and like – chip off a piece of one of the blocks and carbon dated or something. Yeah. Like, I, they, I, they, they landed on a pretty specific number. Well, that yeah, looks they, like a 5,000 year old pyramid. Okay. So the idea of them using a pyramid had nothing to do with pyramids that we're familiar with. Um, it just, it seemed kind of weird, you know, as opposed to the monks kind of maybe, you know, having some sort of an alien like spaceship, they just happen to have these, this giant pyramid and there was just one pyramid right yeah and i I think like at the end of it it's like who hmm, we have these decaying zombie monks what can we put them in that is somewhat associated with decaying monks slash priests oh a pyramid because they're just chocked full of decaying bodies so like in my mind that's the only thing i could only logical way, way i could reconcile why the three of them or 12 of them or however many there are ended up in a pyramid because it's always been so mystical and creepy and dead things are in it (laughs) yeah i guess i didn't think about the the connection between a mummy and a pyramid but i don't know why when like i saw the title of this episode you know it's like oh pyramid at the end of the world there's going to be some something to do with egypt or something to do with (laughs) <laughs> you know some kind of ancient curse or you know it just happened to be the vehicle of these of these aliens yeah and it just so happened to land again 
in the exact middle of the three biggest armies and where they're just waiting at a standoff, Russia, China, and the U.S. I don't know exactly where that would be in a desert that the three of those armies are just waiting to, like, face off. There's some oil, um, you know, there's got to be some oil interests going on there. I don't know. Yeah, it's it seemed like a really cheesy setup. You know, I honestly... They're... Too convenient, like, oh, they're... The three superpowers of the world are all kind of about to face off, but there was really no explanation as to why any of them were there in some country that I don't think exists based on the name. Do you remember the name of the country? Uh, Tormezistan. Tormezistan? Yeah. That's a made-up country, right? It is. A... <laughs> I'm, I'm 99% offend... sure that's made up. Am I offending anyone from Tormezistan? They're like, I, they're like no, it's not made stats. up. I've looked at her stats. No one from Termizistan ever listens to our podcast. Okay, good. So we're safe. <laughs> so yeah, that all of it just seemed kind of like, okay, this is interesting. Um, doctor does end up showing up, still blind. But the doctor, like we had kind of talked about it before as far as the doctor, his blindness and how blind he really is because his sonic sunglasses seem to be able to show him just about everything. So I'm still not liking the inconsistencies with that. Yeah, I after you mentioned it the last episode, I kind of was silently cursing you in my mind as I was watching it because it's like, ah, oh, one more thing in an episode that I now can't get over. Um, so, yeah, you know what? He still has those wonderful Sonic sunglasses that shows him names of where things are and outlines um how he sees them i have no idea but it works it's it's a it's another convenient way of moving the story forward right but you know what it can't show him numbers (laughs) on a display i mean come on if it could show you like how old somebody is and if they're about to die how can it not scan numbers but Uh, you you know know what it is it is what it is, right? <laughs> Darn those 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 special padlock doors. Um Yeah, so Doomsday Clock is kind of the big part of this story where um they realize that the world is coming to an end and they they're trying to figure out, you know, what is gonna cause it. The monks show up, so obviously they are they're part of the reason why the world is going to end. But they they think initially that it's going to be this whole war that's going to be kicked off between these three armies, but eventually realize that that's not really what's causing the end of the world. Yeah, and, and if I wanted to, to park um, somewhere in particular where I was like, okay, this is a high point of the episode. This is something that, that I... I thought was cool that I I thought was um, enjoyable. It was that that concept of the doomsday clock where it, it continues to count toward closer to to midnight. You get closer to doomsday. You get closer to the end, um, the next World War Three or what whatever that event was going to be. And as it slowly creeps forward, just that question as far as what's going to cause it. And then, then come the the individuals in the show coming to the point of, oh, we know what's going to cause this, so they take action. 
And that definitely isn't the reason. Um, but it just so happens to be the unknown scientists that we mentioned as we were looking in the, the promo picks. And those are the individuals that are causing the countdown clock to click forward, which again are caused by just random insignificant instances in their life where one guy stayed up too late and he drank and the other lady broke her glasses and it just all falls apart. And that's what's causing doomsday. Um, I thought that if I was going to say anything else or anything in the episode was fun, enjoyable, a great idea. I liked that part of it. Everything else. I think you described it best as far too convenient. (laughs) It was somewhat cliche and convenient that I thought was cool. Yeah, I thought because you have two different storylines going on here. You have the stuff with the military and the and the the armies, and then you have the the thing that's going on off to the side in the the lab and the the two scientists. I actually found the the laboratory and those characters much more interesting. Um, what was going on there? The actors they chose were better. Um, that side of the episode actually was engaged in this whole thing with the military. And even the, and this is an issue I've had with this entire season of Doctor Who, with a couple exceptions, they haven't introduced characters into episodes outside of our main cast that are interesting, that bring anything to the table. Um, This was the worst example, or maybe the best example of bad acting that we've gotten all season. The, The military leaders, I literally thought maybe these people won a contest to be on an episode of Doctor Who. (laughs) <laughs> That's how bad of actors they are. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what I don't know was that was I just being like too critical, but or did you think kind of the same thing with these actors, specifically the three um, military leaders that they introduced, the Russian um, guy, the kind of young guy that was um, on the Russian side, the the Asian woman, and then um, the the American military guy. Yeah, and the the UN Secretary General, he he wasn't much better. He wasn't much better, but he was okay. Like he was just you know typical what you would expect. Bit of overacting going on there, but it almost seemed purposeful. Like he was supposed to be kind of comical. Yeah. Of as far as how nervous he was, and he he met a tragic end. So poor guy. I, but the other three, I just really I was just like, where do they find these people? No, and I. You've brought this up a couple times, and honestly, I I agree that the acting was terrible. But what you've what you've gone back to as far as introducing secondary characters that are engaging, that you find interesting, that it, it's someone that you are actually curious to know if they show up in later episodes. Um, I'm starting to see that exact same thing, <laughs> where if you go back to some of the previous series. Um, you have those characters where it's like, oh, wow, could they be a companion? Or, oh, wow, are they going to show up again? Um, and we haven't had any of that. And you're right. And and even those that are secondary characters, their acting isn't always isn't always the best. And it's somewhat distracting. Um, these these four, uh, in my opinion, yeah, they'd probably be the the best examples that we've had um, outside of the the little boy. Um, in the uh, emoji robot one, <laughs> he was pretty bad too. He was um, pretty bad. I would say the kind of maybe the exception was the episode, um, kind of the haunted house episode with the 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 wood lice, the the old man in that the kind of the landlord guy. Yeah, was yeah. a good kind of secondary character that they brought in. Good guest star. 
he did a really good job. Um, and even the young people that were in that house, you know, they had they had some you know fun characters that they they did. So I'd say that's the one episode that kind of stands out is they brought in a, a cast where I was like, okay, this feels like a fun Doctor Who episode. They brought in these characters that I kind of care about, um, but beyond that, really, they haven't. And that's I mean that's we've had a lot of episodes now. You know, and, I'm, and- I'm okay if there was a couple episodes, you know, where they're like, oh. I didn't really like anybody, but when it's 90% of the episodes, that's kind of a problem. Yeah. And with that one in particular, it was, a, at least for me, the more that I've, I've thought about it, it, it kind of has a more campy feel to it already. Um, where it's like, okay, this is one of those campy horror movies. Um, and the personalities of the cast fit that with, with, a, with an episode like the pyramid at the end of the world, we're facing the doomsday clock. We're, we're, we're facing a pretty dramatic situation. Um, and the, the actors and actress that they had in the situation didn't quite fill the role of being there. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of lost on me for that. Um, but it, it was another high point. Once they make it into the pyramid, that, room that the monks had set up that was that was pretty cool with all the blue cords with all the blue cords i don't yeah. quite understand how that fits into the whole idea that we had in extremis where they had run simulations and they knew how to just conquer everything um but the blue cords were cool the blue cords um the idea being that they they are the threads that lead to the end of or that lead to the world's end. And so they're kind of able to predict when the world's going to end and how, and then they can offer to stop it um, and protect the world. And that's, I guess their idea of how they're going to conquer is they're going to basically show us something that's so terrible that it forces us to ask for their help. And, and that's where I kind of take issue because to me, that seems like a dramatic departure from what they were doing in extremis compared to what they're doing here like in extremis they made it seem like the simulation they were running was to actively proactively conquer and this it's more of a like hey we think that this might be a good situation where we can jump in but we need you to let us like we aren't going to conquer we're just going to say hey this is what's going to happen and let us know if we can help. They just seem like two totally different concepts in my mind. It seems like this dramatic departure from one episode to the next. Yeah, unless their simulations told them that the way to defeat Earth is by doing this, because they found the weakness of humans is that they need that they fear death and that they will take in a protector. <laughs> <laughs> Our simulations told us that the best way for us to do this is to wait for something to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It does seem like a pretty big departure. Um, maybe they shouldn't have had two writers on this one. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Honestly, like, I wonder if. Never mind. I'm not even going there. Moffat and this other guy were both involved. It wasn't just Moffat saying, "Hey, I wrote this, and it sucks." So I'm going to add your name to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let I'll let you write more episodes down the road, or Chimnall will just 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 put your name on the story for me. Uh, I yeah. I mean, this season, man, it's been really rough for me, 
as a fan of Doctor Who because I, I really want to have um, positive reactions to these episodes I see. And as much as it doesn't sound like it sometimes maybe in the harshness of my reviews, I really do look for the best in these things. But this this season's been really rough for me, and it almost makes me wonder. I'd hate to think this, but it makes me kind of wonder, man, Moffat is on his way out. He's not doing his best work. You know, it's... One listener on our Facebook page brought up a really interesting idea that I, I, I guess she heard from another podcast where it seems like Moffat is even recycling some of his stories um, with with some of the episodes and some of the, the concepts that we've seen in episodes up to this point, episodes that we see moving forward or have already um, seen synopsises for moving forward, recycling these ideas. I'm wondering and. I mean, Moffat's been at it for a good bit of time now. I wonder if he's just out of ideas. Like, I wonder if he has just written everything possible that he can write of write of Doctor Who. No knock against him, right? Everybody's going to come to that limit at some point where they just can't do a certain thing anymore. And I wonder if he's just gotten there. Like, he's he's grasping at straws now. He He doesn't quite know where to take the show. Well, did they mention... Not only is he recycling ideas from previous Doctor Who stuff he's done, but he's kind of recycling ideas from Sherlock. Yeah, there was, I, I there was a right. very distinct scene in this in these episodes. Um, I think it was in the next episode um, where I felt like I was just watching a scene that I had just seen in the Sherlock finale. I I mean it's again Moffat like Moffat has written some really good stuff. He really has, and there's even glimmers of hope that we've seen in some of the episodes from this series where it's like that was incredible like extremis in my mind sticks out as a really fun story it set up in my mind what could have been an amazing trilogy um and moffat wrote that but yet there he he seems to hit maybe one out of every four um and it just so happens that these these two didn't necessarily take me where I wanted to go with the show. Um, but to wrap up kind of the pyramid at the end of the world, um, I feel like we've we've kind of run all over the place. But there's the the fun thing where the pyramid downs a bomber with the tractor beam, pulls a sub out of the, the water and drops it in the sand. We have all this stuff as they're trying to avoid doomsday. Come to find out the monks need consent from a willing, pure-hearted individual um, to conquer the world. And the doctor then finds out that he can stop the plague, right? He runs to the laboratory, he does his thing, and he gets stuck. Yeah, I mean, this is when the, the episode does start to get kind of interesting toward the end here um, for a couple reasons. The The whole idea of the monks needing consent, it seems like they, for a, a species that wants to take over a world, they have a lot of rules, as far as like letting them take over the world um and just the whole idea of like oh we just need somebody to give us consent but the person needs to have to do it out of love um the logic behind that doesn't make a lot of sense because i get the idea that you you want to rule a people that love you um it's probably easier to keep those people in check but just because one person in this instance it ended up being bill gives consent sent based on love doesn't mean the other 7 billion people in the world are going to love their new masters, you know? Yeah. They're going to all still be pretty pissed about it. So I just, the whole idea of this is kind of just really 
dumb. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones like you said, it I wasn't quite grasping how the consent because they were like you said, they were pretty picky about what type of consent they had. They had they like the mentioned... first guy that tried it, right? Yeah. And they're like, No, you did this out of fear and then they kill him. <laughs> Boom. And the other ones then three other people are like, Oh, we'll give you consent. Oh, nope, you guys did it out of strategy. Right. <laughs> but really Bill doesn't she doesn't she does it out of love for the doctor, not out of love for the monks. And she does it out of fear. She does it out of strategy. She does it out of um whatever other reasons, but not any love for the monks. Yeah. I it, it's it's a very confusing, very confusing <laughs> aspect, a very confusing part of it. And again, like you said, th- there's that engaging aspect of the story that's going back in the laboratory, right? Where we have the doctor and and Erica, the scientist, they're rushing around. The doctor is the one that's going to save the world. And he's doing it all blind. Um, and what they're going to do is blow up the lab, burn out all the bacteria that's going to cause doomsday. And the door gets locked. And he, Erica's like, oh, here's the passcode for you. Just go ahead and type it in. But he's blind. Yeah, and the... And this is one of those situations where, you know, we kind of know the doctor, you know, this is his last season. We've heard different things about, oh, when is he going to regenerate? And so there was a moment here where I'm just like, oh, wow, are they going to surprise us? The doctor can't get out of the situation. Um, you know, maybe he does end up dying here in some way. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect him to die in a fiery, fiery explosion. That might be hard to regenerate from. But <laughs> you know, there was a moment of fear for the doctor. Like, oh, man, this is a situation he's going to have a hard time getting out of. Um, and although we, I've joking about the whole, you know, sonic sunglasses and it doesn't really make a lot of sense that he couldn't see the numbers displayed, uh, based on the other powers that his sunglasses have, but it was still kind of a cool situation that they figured out for him to get into, um, where he gets stuck like that. Yeah. And I, that another high moment of the episode, again, it's not all, it wasn't all, bad it was all very convenient um even this situation is slightly convenient that they've they've played out his blindness for the past three episodes for this moment um but i still thought it was a pretty cool moment where it was that moment it's one of those moments in doctor who where you sit there and you think what's going to happen because we know he could die and regenerate we we know that he could do something crazy and it would be all okay but you sit there and you wonder what's going to happen. And this is where he has that moment with Bill where he's like, hey, I'm I'm blind. I've been blind since since the Chasm Forge and, and this isn't good. And then that's when Bill does the unthinkable. Um, she she gives her consent to the monks to get his eyesight back. Yeah. And this this episode is like every episode that comes on. I'm like, this is the episode that Bill's going to do something that makes me like her. In this episode, she's still I'm still not liking her that much. A couple instances. This instance, you know, where the doctor's telling her, don't do it, don't give in to them, and she, she still does. Um, and then the instance where earlier on when they're all talking together with the military leaders, and the military leaders are like, let's just give in to them, and the doctor's like, no, we need to fight them. And Bill is the, you know, she's just on board with giving up, you know, she's like, no, let's give up, you know, this might be a better idea. She just hasn't shown any 
gumption. You know, she hasn't shown kind of that strength that we've gotten from previous companions. She just seems really quick to give up and quick to kind of despair. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to figure out her character. I really am because as you mentioned, she's she's not that typical companion who by episode 6, uh, which is Pyramid at the End of the World that she is like she's seen so much and she understands the doctor and she she knows that what the doctor is capable of. Instead, she still has this aversion to to big situations she she cracks under pressure um she's not able to withstand some of the 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 stresses that come her way in some instances um and this this and it sounds crazy that i'm saying this but her aversion to death like she just cannot take that someone is going to die and she just can't face the raven she just can't face the raven. <laughs> I just, it's just one of those things where I find it interesting that in almost every episode, they put her in a situation where it's like, oh, death. Like, do whatever you can to to avoid death. And I don't feel like we've had that constantly with every companion. Um, and I could be wrong, but it just seems like death is that constant where she's like, oh, death. And she does anything and everything to avoid it, which is what she did with the doctor, right? She didn't want him to die, so she she gave her consent. What if the doctor would have just told her about regenerations like two episodes ago? That she would have just let him die? I mean, honestly, like, what if? <laughs> but, I mean, we do know the doctor does have limitations on, you know, how much damage he can take and still regenerate. regenerate. So this could have been an instance in that fiery explosion that it would have completely destroyed his body and he wouldn't have been able to regenerate. So, Didn't he survive a blast from a Dalek once and he used regeneration energy to heal himself? Yeah, but a laser blast is a little bit different than your body being completely consumed by like, you know, thousand degree flames that can kill have bacteria. Seen, have you seen what a Dalek <laughs> can do with one of their laser blasts? I mean, dude, we see skeletons and stuff. They just like disintegrate. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know, but... Just I not... mean, he basically was Kylo Ren taking a blast from Chewie's bowcaster. Come on, like he just shrugged it off. He did. He he got hurt pretty bad. <laughs> they thought he was gonna die. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This, I mean, really, Bill did save his life in this instance. So, I guess we can give her that. And in the end, it worked out. So it's not like she ruined everything. The doctor didn't seem too upset once he got his eyesight back. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, okay, let me get out of here." Um, yeah, it's it. I mean, that takes us that takes us to the end of Pyramid at the End of the World, right? We end with the doctor getting his eyesight back, Bill sacrificing the entire world for the doctor, and then it kind of fades to black. Right, and then we move on to the Lie of the Land, which was not written by Stephen Moffat. This was a Toby Whithouse episode. Which uh, we've talked about Toby Whithouse here recently. Yeah? That we have. That we have. He, he wrote Before the Flood and Under the Lake, um, which was last, last series. Um, then he also had School Reunion, Vampires of Venice, The God Complex, A Town Called Mercy, uh, The Magician's Apprentice, and then Husbands of River Song. Okay. 
So he has a fairly good track record um, other than the uh, before the flood and under the lake, which was somewhat meh last series. Yeah. Um, so we kind of, we fast forward, I guess, about six months if we're going by uh, what they said in the episode that the, the monks have now taken over the world based on the love of Bill um, and la- allowing them to take over our world. They've implanted themselves into our history They've basically enslaved the entire human race. I'm not sure what their motivations are. I still am trying to figure that one out as far as what are they gaining from taking over the world other than just having another world that they conquered. But it's not like, I don't know if they're just trying to get our resources or if they use us as slaves to create stuff. I I wasn't really sure exactly what, you know, kind of the humans were being used for. Yeah, I... (laughs) I have no honest idea as to as to the motivations it seems like more hassle than what it was worth right they they didn't seem to be getting any benefit maybe they really were as bill mentioned like vampires maybe they were just draining people maybe that that's that's why they needed we were just their farm um but the whole opening montage of the episode where the doctor is giving the voiceover of how the monks have always been with us and um, they watched proudly as man invented the light bulb and the telephone and the internet and they defeated the Daleks and the Cybermen and the Weeping Angels. That was kind of a cool opening as they showed the monks as the Mona Lisa and in different historical pictures. It looked horribly out of place. Like the monks need better Photoshop skills, but it was pretty cool to see. <laughs> I just I think my the biggest issue I have with the storyline is none of it makes sense to me. The motivations of the aliens um, as they're coming in, how like kind of you were saying there was a disconnect between how the aliens were going to take over initially and how they ended up taking over. Just all of it seemed very disconnected. Like whoever the the people that were involved in writing the story just weren't all on the same page. It, it was very haphazard. Um, and this I, final episode didn't really help it. No, I, I completely agree. Um, there There is no declaration of intent of why they're doing what they're doing or what they're looking to accomplish. It seems like we, even if it's, even if it's like the, the Daleks, right? We know their intent. <laughs> Exterminate. The, the Cybermen, we have some intent for what they're looking to do. But with these, we we don't really. It's kind of haphazard. You you kind of it would have, have been this huge disconnect. Yeah, it would have been nice if they had just dropped a line on like they use the humans for some kind of energy that they you know that supports their home planet, or you know they use the humans as workers to create some kind of mineral or something that they need to run their factories back home. I don't know, like anything. All they need. All, all they really needed to say is they needed to build more pyramids, right? Like, right, yeah. <laughs> that's, just right? give us something. Yeah, right. And they have pyramids. That's a perfect thing. You need slaves to build, right? It so... would explain two things <laughs> that we have no explanation for. <laughs> just a line. Maybe something got cut or so. I don't know. But I just felt like there was just uh, – it was a very cool designed alien that looked looked awesome. But beyond that, there was nothing to them. There was no – and they didn't even seem intimidating to me because of the lack of um, just the number of them. You know, every time they showed them, you felt like there was only five or six of them hanging around. Yeah. It wasn't like there was armies of them or, 
you know, that they had these weapons that if you didn't follow, you know, follow in line that they would kill you with. I mean, I guess they were elect, like kind of shocking people with like their Emperor Palpatine skills, but <laughs> I don't know. It just, it, I, by the third episode that they were in, I just was, I had not bought into this as a formidable opponent for the doctor. They they had awesome branding though. Like their truth logo. I mean, yeah, the symbol seriously. was cool. Yeah. And, and like just truth, like one word, very, very, very relevant, very current one word, good branding. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as you didn't try to say that they didn't do what they said they did, you were safe. You had nothing to worry about. Um, the memory police wouldn't come get you. <laughs> and they made such a big deal about Nardole, like getting that bacteria at the last <laughs> end of the last episode, he's like laying on the TARDIS. It looks like he's dying. He's and I'm like, wow, this is really dramatic. What's going to happen to Nardole? And then he just shows back up and she's like, where have you been? Oh, I've been sick for a little bit. Six, week, six weeks recovery. If he was human though, he would have been dead. Yeah. I don't know. I almost felt like there was more like when they first decided, oh, let's, let's have Nardole catch this bacteria. And they had like these potential story ideas that, that might go. And then they just kind of scrapped them all. They're like, no, let's just bring them back. We we need him. We need something. We need another convenient thing. So let's talk about the whole doctor pretending to um, regenerate scene. Well, no, no. Before we get <laughs> that, because <laughs> sorry, I'm jumping in here because I need to mention this. Uh, like there's there's the the first part, and honestly, I I looked at the time on the show while I was watching it. The first 15 minutes despite the fact that we really have no idea what the motivation is, we have no idea really what they're doing, why they're so scary, what have you. The first 15 minutes of this episode, um, the lie of the land they're to me, they seem really solid 15 minutes there. There there's good pacing. We have some narration by bill as she's working through everything. We have the weird doctor on the TV as people are gathering around, he's feeding lies to everybody and she she talks to her mom. And that's even a really interesting moment. Nardle shows up. They're going to go rescue the doctor. They they go on the prison ship. And they're, they're mo- the, the story is moving along. And it's like, okay, we're going to go get the doctor. And they show up in the doctor's office. And that moment where she's thinking the doctor turned and the doctor is, like, convincing her and he's just being flat out, like – that was all really solid for me. Like that in interaction and the music, the background music was amazing as well. Like there was a lot of good sound in there. Um, and then she pulls the gun on him and she shoots. But all of that is really, I thought, okay, extremist was good. This episode is starting out really, really strong. And I could, I could get behind this episode. Cool. So, now, now to you. So, where did it all fall apart for you? <laughs> uh, or did the it? Doctor regenerated. <laughs> that, that is when it all fell apart for me. I was so angry at this scene because of the build-up to it, and just her finding him, and then he, you know, all the stuff with him talking about why he joined the monk. And I, I never, I never bought into the fact that the doctor had turned. Obviously, I don't think anybody did. And so they played it so hard at this point where they're really trying to convince you. They like overplayed it. And then the point where she shoots him, I'm like, what is happening right now? Why are they having this happen to her? 
you know, this character who's having a hard enough time, and then the doctor pushes her to the point where she shoots him and kills him, or, you know, he pretends to die, and then start to regenerate, which she doesn't even know what that's about, because she doesn't even know about regeneration, right? Right. Like That's, that's another thing, right? Like, she has no idea what's happening there. It was just so much... And so dramatic only to be just a prank that the doctor was playing on her that I just was, I was angry. Like I was <laughs> angry for Bill. I was like, Bill, you should be so pissed at this guy. Like, and she was kind of, but I mean, I know he had the explanation that he did it to make sure that whatever, that they hadn't like corrupted her or something. I don't know. I yeah. forget now, but it, it's... it just didn't, to me, it was so overplayed. And this is the scene where, you know, we got the, the clips in all the trailers where you see this doctor start to regenerate. And so everybody's like, oh, you know, is this when he regenerates? And they went as far as to him even do the whole, like, head up in the air and the regeneration shoots up. And, like, come on, save that stuff for the real thing. Yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, honestly, in in my mind, if if they would have played the second half of that office scene differently um i think i think the rest of the the episode i mean the rest of the episode isn't terrible it's just in that moment within the first 15 minutes i was so sucked into the episode that when all of that went down the way that it did the rest of the episode was just like uh like i i can't i can't process what happened there to then move forward with what was going on afterwards. I mean, him making statements as far as like basically saying it's all your fault, Bill. Like I've tried to step in and help, help earth civilization, humans up to this point, but y'all keep screwing up and Bill, this is your fault. Like I've given you examples of, of all of this. You had history to go off of and yet you did it. And I'm just going to let it happen because it's safer. Like some of those lines that he tosses out there just in that short period of time, like those are awesome lines. That was an awesome exchange. And then her pulling the gun, shooting him, but then the fake regeneration and the facial expression that she gives when he just stops and he says, good girl. And he starts laughing. Like that was my facial expression. <laughs> like what the heck just happened? Like, why, why did we just do this? What, what's the point? Um, and then from that point, I just, I think I, I couldn't get over the first time I watched it. I couldn't get over what happened there to even start to consider what happened the rest of the episode. I, I turned it off at the end and I was just angry. I like at the end of the episode, I was just, I was just done. I just had to turn it off. I didn't want to think about it because of that moment, especially. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was a really big misstep for this, this episode and this trilogy to have that scene. I just thought it was, I don't know if what they thought that, Oh, let's play around with this. Um, you know, maybe we can misdirect some fans, but they have to know their fans well enough to know that nobody was going into that scene thinking that the doctor was actually going to regenerate. It was. But just... if he did, if he did, that would have been incredible. But, I, in my opinion. but he wouldn't. That's the thing. They they wouldn't do that. I We've know, already but... we had already seen like stuff from future episodes, right? Like promotional stuff that we already know that this isn't his last episode. 
I know, but if they did, (laughs) I'm just going to keep going back to that because like in my mind, if they would have played it where up to that point, he honestly was brainwashed. He was shot. He regenerates. And that's what fixes the brainwash. Like, would you have been happy with that being the end of Peter, Peter Capaldi? Some kind of scene where he's brainwashed and he gets shot by his own companion? I wouldn't have been happy that that was his last moment, but I would have been happy that, number one, they caught me by surprise, and number two, they didn't give me some cheap fake out. Like, I would take I would take a regeneration of – a true regeneration of a doctor in that moment, even though it's crappy, over a fake out by a doctor, and now I feel like he's cheated me, and I – he he's just a crazy doctor at this point. Well, one thing I've learned about – Doctor Who and one of the things that's disappointing to me about Doctor Who as a whole is that they don't surprise you. They never can. They don't try to surprise you because they release too much information too early about everything. So when John Sim comes back, that scene that whatever that happens, it's not going to be that big a deal. You know, when Missy came back, it's not that big a deal. We knew it was coming. When they just decide to tell us what's in the vault, who cares? We already knew. That's what I don't like. I wish they would do more of that. Maybe that's something they can get around to doing. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just an American mentality because that's how American television is where they like to surprise you. They like to kind of catch you off guard. Um, but with this show, you just you always see what's coming. They tell us way too much. Yeah. And this is one of the things, even for Missy being a part of this and the scene where the doctor goes into the vault and she's in there playing the piano and it would have been so much cooler if there had been some sort of mystery surrounding it. Yeah. And, and just two quick thoughts there before we jump to, to Missy. Number one, um, Chibnall, like if you, if you've watched Grace Point or Broad Church, whichever one fits your, fits your fancy, there are some surprises in that series, which I'm hoping Chibnall brings to Dr. Who the ability to surprise. Um, and it seems like, with some of the the more with some of the wider watched popular shows out there game of thrones um walking dead even even stranger things with netflix like there's there's some precedent now to locking things down a little bit more so there is a surprise maybe chibnall will take doctor who that direction if if that works for him and number number two the the idea of surprise clara like her facing the raven and dying like that was a surprise yeah they cheapened it when she came back but that was still a fairly big surprise to me in that moment yeah i guess so um i know we had talked previously about how we're like we really want this to be a great final season for capaldi but the only downside to that would be when it ends that we'd be really not wanting him to go because he's going to have this awesome final season well, right now we're not. I'm not in danger of that. This season yeah. has been lackluster at best for me. I mean, there's people out there, people probably that even listen to the show, that maybe are enjoying the season and you know are getting angry that I'm being too critical on it. But for me as a fan, this has been just just a down season. It's not highlighting Capaldi's abilities. It's not highlighting what Moffat can do because we've seen Moffat do great things. It's really, I don't know if it's going to find its stride kind of going into the finish, but right now I'm not having high hopes for how where it's going to, where it's even going after this. 
Yeah, and absolutely no knock to Capaldi at all. He, in my mind, he is still one of the most talented individuals that I've watched um, as the Doctor. He might not have the 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 thing that we keep going back to is the episodes that they put him in. Um, it, it hasn't been the best, and I, I honestly, at this point, I just hope that they kind of allow him to keep his dignity as the doctor as the show winds down for him like that that they at least give him let him keep that that um air about him of being that cool unique doctor who can be grumpy and still play the electric guitar like he has so many benefits um for fans as being the doctor i just hope he's allowed to keep some of that as he as he gets ready to exit the show yeah, and Pearl Mackey's been great too. I mean, I I've been critical of the character, but the actress, um, I think she does a great job. She had some scenes in these episodes, um, some very emotional scenes that I thought she just nailed. Oh heck yes! In that office, the, her ability to go from like excited to to confused to sad to angry and like just the range of emotions that she displayed in probably a three minute period of time in her interaction with the doctor. Um, even when she called him, him a nutter, like th- <laughs> those, those moments, she, she was incredible. Um, one of those reasons why both you and I were probably so ticked off for bill at the doctor is because of the emotions that she displayed in those moments. Um, but yeah, it's she's I, it, again. We go back. To, we've gone back to it. And I've even gone back and forth. It's the stories that they're being given. It, it's what they're being told to do in the stories that haven't necessarily, in my mind, really lived up to what they could have been. So we get Missy, and we find out. So Missy's in the vault. We we all knew that. Um, but they get into the vault and so is the vault like a time Lord thing? Yeah. I'm so thinking that's why that it it's is, bigger because it's inside. flipping huge. It, it looks like they're just in another room in the, in the college cause there's windows and everything. Uh, but then there's like this glass case in the middle where the piano is that I guess they're keeping her in. doesn't look very yeah. comfortable. I don't know where she sleeps, but on top of the piano, it's messy. <laughs> she's crazy. She's bananas. <laughs> but yeah so you have this whole scene uh where they kind of and like i was saying it it's a little bit anticlimactic because we kind of already knew who was in there so it wasn't that exciting when they finally opened the door but there was some good interaction here i think between bill and and her and the doctor maybe the one of the high points of the episode was kind of these interactions we find out that she has faced the monks before and has defeated them so she kind of knows the secret to defeating them you gotta you gotta break the link where was the link what was the link that they made to be able to take over your world um and in order to break that link you have to kill that person which i thought was kind of interesting in the fact that it was bill and missy has no compassion for her um i thought it was funny when she was talking about oh yeah the last time it was this little girl and i knocked her into a volcano <laughs> i was like jeez <laughs> missy missy being uh... ruthless but um but Missy being Missy, which we didn't get very much of her really in this episode, but she actually kind of, I was happy to see her uh, just because the rest of it wasn't going so well for me. Yeah, she she was super low key, which I guess is to be expected considering that she's been trapped in the vault for a very long time. Um, she's supposedly trying to be good. 
and just kind of the overall situation. She was, it was very, a very low key interaction. Um, watching it through again after the first time, something seems off about the scene and maybe it's just because it is so low key and somewhat anticlimactic. You expected there to be <clears throat> a little, a, a little bit more drama to the whole entrance of the vault and like th- this, this reveal of, of Missy specifically, even though we already knew she was in there, but like being able to finally have her on screen um, within the vault itself at the piano um and she was a little bit kooky with the different accents she was throwing out there. Uh, but it, it, it wasn't quite what I was expecting from Missy and the doctor interacting. But as you mentioned, it was still cool to see her there. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting. But again, coming off of the fake regeneration, I, I think I was still just thrown off by that. Well, think about like all the buildup to this to the vault you know the vault's been this big mystery they kept dropping in at the end of each episode you know and nardle's like no i will not let you let you know whatever's in there escape and you know it can't sense weakness in you and all this stuff so you're thinking man this is going to be some crazy thing that's in the vault or even if it is missy or the master or whatever we were thinking it might have been that it's going to be you know missy at her worst not like reformed missy right and the doctor had complete control over her he's bringing her like mexican food in the one scene you know in a previous episode um not sure why nardle was so afraid of her because she really does seem like she's you know completely docile at this point Um, and there is that line from nardle or from uh bill as they're walking in too where she says seriously it's it's a lady like by the way you and nardle were talking i thought it was some sort of monster like she's even like, wait a second, why why are y'all so scared? Now she doesn't know who Missy is, but still, like that is again, Bill is reflecting the thoughts that I I had at that moment. Like, why are we so scared of Missy? She's she's stuck. But then Missy does make that comment that she once made a gun out of leaves. If she wanted to get out of a room, she could. So Yeah. You know, She's still she's still dangerous. This is the one part of this episode that I will say we're judging too early. Um, the rest of this stuff with the monks, and I think that story's done. I don't think they're going to tie back into the future of the season. But I do think Missy has much bigger part to play as the season continues. Um, obviously, she's still going to be you know in this vault. You know, even as the episode ends, we know she's still with the Doctor. She's still in the vault. I don't think, you know, I think she's got these major ulterior motives that she's kind of playing the doctor for a fool because the doctor can fall for this kind of stuff. We've seen it happen before where he sees the best in people, especially his enemies, and then ends up getting, you know, messed up because of it. So I think that she may even play directly into what happens in his demise and we still do know that John Sim is coming back at some point, so she's going to play into that as well. So we probably are, you know, we're seeing this like, oh, she's not this big threat. Well, she probably is still a huge threat. We're we like the Doctor have been fooled. Maybe Nardole is the only one that can see it. I I honestly I fully expect Missy to play 
a much bigger part moving forward. I I feel like she will have a lot more interactions. And I think you're right that she is going to play a huge part in the ultimate fate of the doctor um, moving forward. There's one line that I just wanted to, to toss out there that she mentions, like after she explains to the doctor, Hey, you have to kill bill. And the doctor says, no, we don't sacrifice people. That's not good. That's not us. And he's going to do it something differently. As it kind of fades scenes, here's two lines that she drops. Uh, you know, back in the day, I'd burn an entire city to the ground just to see the pretty shapes the smoke made. I'm sorry your plus one doesn't get a happy ending, but like it or not, I just saved this world because I want to change. And then a voiceover as it transitions. Your version of good is not absolute. It's vain, arrogant, and sentimental. If you're waiting for me to become all of that, I'm going to be here a very long time yet. That to me is like that foreshadowing of what's yet to come. Like who is ultimately going to inf- who are going to uh, impact the other more? Is, that, is the doctor going to impact Missy or is Missy going to impact the doctor? And then we have that scene at the very end of the episode, um, which I don't know if we want to cover more of the story, but that I think is a, an interesting scene to key off of. Yeah, the dialogue there that you just quoted is the best dialogue in the episode. It really is. Like, it's the strongest dialogue. I love her lines there. I love it when the doctor gets called out like that. And, you know, I like how she's basically like, yeah, if you're waiting for me to become all that, you're going to be waiting a long time. Because what he sees as good isn't necessarily what she sees as good. So I, I thought that was very powerful moment. Um, best part of this of this episode by far. Yeah, and it it was just all around cool. Except for the whole eyes in the clouds thing that they did with her. That was a little weird. Yeah, the transition was weird. Um a whole 80s vibe to it. They, but they did that a little bit more too with the uh with the the ultimate way they defeated the monks and you know, we can kind of just at least talk about it a little bit where the doctor basically is like, "Hey, I'm going to go tap into this thing that they're using to brainwash everyone and I'm going to put happy thoughts in there." or whatever I want. Um, Uh, Happy thoughts. (laughs) But he can't handle it. Um, So Bill decides she doesn't want to see the doctor die that way, so she decides she's going to sacrifice herself. And she connects to the link. But there was a secret weapon there that I don't think she was even aware of, and that was the memory, memory of her mother. But yeah, her mom. The doctor saved the world with pictures of Bill's mom. I love how the doctor still tries to take credit for saving the world at this point. I, I, I was watching this episode. I'm I'm down on the floor, somewhat distraught by the overall episode. He drops that line. I chuckle, but then also my wife behind me on the couch, who I had no idea that she was even paying attention, she audibly laughed at that point as well. Um, he he honestly just tried to take. Uh, take take responsibility for saving the world what a jerk (laughs) bill sitting there like what a doctor willing to give his life or bill sitting there willing to give her life um to save the world and then all he can think about is oh look i saved the world because i gave her these pictures (laughs) um this is a moffat moment you know we we kind of know the moffat moments and this is one of the things that i definitely criticize about this show but it's kind of like this happy thoughts make everything go away kind of moment, and I don't like that. I just don't like that type of resolution to this type, this kind of story. Um, you know, she's got these memories locked away, and not even, I guess, memories that she created herself. 
not even true memories. <laughs> not um, even truth. And I guess that's <laughs> why the monks couldn't, you know, they weren't prepared for it because they didn't know that she had these hidden away memories or whatever. So it ultimately defeated them. But kind of the cheesiness of the screens changing to pictures of her mom with like flowers and rainbows in the background and, and unicorns. Yeah, I don't and... know if there were actually flowers and rainbows, but that's just what it felt like. Um it was it was very much an eye rolling conclusion to this story for me. Yeah, I I struggled with it too. Again, just because of uh, the many times that we've seen it crop up throughout different episodes, like <laughs> this sounds cheesy, but like where the doctor fails, like happy thoughts and love prevail. Like it's it's that is what we come back to so often. Um, and again, it's convenient, right? It, it's it's Moffat doing something Moffity, um, which it wasn't Moffat in this episode. It was is Toby Whithouse, but I can't help but see well, Moffat's hand. You have, to, hand in you the have mix. to think that with this trilogy and Moffat being a major part of it, that he, although they're giving the writing credit to Toby Whithouse in this episode, he was very much involved in the overall story. Definitely, definitely. And we have like that that picture of her mom, which. Um, it, it, it's interesting again that her mom comes back and maybe this is like the full resolution of seeing the doctor in the picture of her mom that that closes off this thread right the, the different strands that we have running through the episodes maybe this ties the knot at the end of that one and that doesn't come up again um but it was just a really odd way to to end everything that bill's thoughts of her mom her fake thoughts of her mom was able to do everything yep sent Sent all six of those monks running. All 12 of them. <laughs> all three <laughs> of them. All one of them. Broke I'm trying down to think the of statues. the most we ever saw at one given time. I think it was probably when they were around that um, device with all the blue cords. Yeah. So I think there were maybe 10 of them in that room. But <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't no. know. This was, you know, the final scene after they left and, there's, and the doctor and, and uh, Bill were sitting next to the demolished statue and bill's kind of like oh people aren't gonna are people gonna remember this and then the girl walks by and he's like hey you bad hair or whatever he called her like (laughs) that was appalling hair if i'm ranking like the top scenes from this entire trilogy that would be in the top three like they're really (laughs) just the the interaction between the doctor and her and and you know kind of the doctor's humor and the way that that scene was filmed actually was more enjoyable to me than most of these episodes and and that's the thing like there's this, like you said, it's one of the highlights. Like at the beginning, in my mind, at the beginning, there's a highlight. In the middle, there's a highlight. At the end, there's a highlight. Everything else in the in between those different moments probably could come or go. Um, but it's these these different moments within the episode that it's like, okay, this is what I love about Doctor Who. And just the the way that he calls her appalling hair, he asks her a question, she replies, and he says, go... Um, now go away or something. Um, he just yeah. kind of like throws it back at her because he said because she said they're filming something here or something. Now go away or something. Um, <laughs> and then even the interchange, the the exchange between him and Bill in those last moments where she's like, "Why do you do it?" I love that. I love that line. Like it's one of the best lines that the Doctor has given to a companion. Where I felt like you know I joke around about how the Doctor kind of just tells Bill what she wants to hear. You know, and he's very cynical, and 
Um, he knows he can kind of manipulate her by saying the right things. In this moment, he it it was a sincere line that he's telling her that was just so well written. I it was like I was saying earlier with uh, Missy's dialogue kind of being the highlight. I had actually forgotten about this line. This is one of the best lines I think the Doctor has ever said to a companion. I I'm right there with you. In fact, it has shown up in gift form like everywhere on the internet, right on, on Twitter right now. Like it, this, this, this little snippet has gone viral because why do you put up with, with us then? And he replies in among 7 billion, there's someone like you. That's why I put up with the rest of them. Like it, and then her face, his face, like the entire exchange, it's, it's just perfect doctor who right there. Um, that is such a solid, solid moment. And then it jumps us into the vault and we're back in the vault. And even that I think is, is a solid moment between Missy and the doctor. Yeah. Uh, we have this throughout the season. We've had these little seeds of mystery with the vault and with, with her mom. And those were kind of things that I was thinking are going to lead to bigger reveals later on. I, ultimately I was disappointed in both of the kind of the uses of the vault and of her mom here. Um, the strongest part of this episode probably was Missy and all of that, but I, I really wish they hadn't wasted it in this storyline. I, I don't, and maybe they haven't, maybe there's a lot more to come with Missy, but the whole mystery of the vault and all of that, I felt like could have been surrounded by something else than this, you know, besides, the intro episode to this trilogy, you know, um, Extremists, like that, that seemed like a good starting point, but then it just, it went off the rails for the next two episodes. I don't know who's to blame for that. <laughs> like, it's like they had a really great idea and just didn't know how to finish it. Um, I just didn't like where they went with it at all. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like Extremists, Extremists, they had me... I was excited. Like there, there was a possibility that we could get a multi-part story that was really well done. That was uh, flanked in mystery that, that had really good looking bad guys and a fun story that goes along with it. And then it's like, by the time we got to episode two, the ones involved in writing had forgotten what they had done in episode one. And then they kind of just like made it up from there. Um, it had such amazing potential. And honestly, like this is one where you could have had the first episode, you could have had like three more episodes and then you could have had the second part happen. And it, it would have like, as long as they did that second part, it would have been incredible even for the episodes in between. Like to me, they could have built an entire series off of if they would have done it well, these three stories um, because of how intriguing episode one was or extremis was the first of the trilogy um now as for the vault as for missy again i don't think we're done because that last scene where she's like crying and she says i keep remembering all the people that i killed <laughs> more every day i i didn't even know i knew their names um and then the doctor just says i'm sorry but this is good and she says okay okay <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're they're like in the vault and i'm thinking that she can't leave the vault like she, he has to keep her there but I think we're going to get more of these like counseling sessions taking place now moving forward where instead of the mystery of who's in the vault, we're going to be like, oh, Missy's in the vault and we're going to get these little snippets of 
conversation um, moving forward. At least that's what I'm hoping because to me that could be legitimately interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, uh, I would have wouldn't have said this at the beginning of the season because I think I had had my fill of Missy. Um, I I want more Missy. I th- I, I want a villain that I can count on to <laughs> to give me yes a good storyline with the Doctor and some good dialogue and some fun stuff. And I, she has established that she can do that. And, you know, I was, I thought I was ready for something different, but everything they've thrown at us this season hasn't stuck. I'm just ready for more of the same. Just give me more Missy, bring back the master, save this season, bring it out of the, you know, kind of the basement that it's in right now and give Capaldi a good send off. I'm so scared for the end of the season right now. I yeah I mean we we are in episode seven we have five more left there's still there's still well four more left because we already know what the next one is um there's still time there's 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 still time right there, we something could happen yeah hopefully Moffat's got something in his pocket that he's just you know he's kind of saving up for us yeah we'll yeah we'll see We'll see. I need to go. And now I'm really curious to know what the, the episode titles are. Do we if know? That gives any, any, I'm pretty sure we know all the episode titles. Um, pulling them up right now. So Extremis, Live the Land, Pyramid of the End of the World, Empress of Mars. We already know what that is. The Eaters of Light, World Enough in Time, The Doctor Falls. The last two, 11 and 12, is a two-parter that are directed by Rachel Talale and written by Stephen Moffat. And Rachel Talale even has the Christmas special. Interesting. So she she directs all three, the two the the two-part finale and the Christmas special? She does, and Moffat writes all three. Uh good indication that they're going to be connected. June 24th, July 1st, and December 25th. Wow, that's going to be a, a long wait. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the and I'm just being completely honest, you know, with this. It's like you, you, we want to see the best in Doctor Who. We're f- big fans of Doctor Who. Um, it's not something where I, I didn't start a podcast about Doctor Who so I could complain about Doctor Who. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's obviously a thing that I'm a big fan of, love love Doctor Who as a thing. But this season, you know, if I'm just being completely honest, has been a big letdown for me. I honestly, on my side, Doctor Who is the only show I watch right now. Um, it is the only that it is the only show I make time to watch. Everything else I'm not as consistent with. I honestly I'm passionate about Doctor Who at times. And this this season has been rough. And and Anybody who's who's listened to the podcast for any length of time, y'all know I I can be a fanboy at times where I will look past anything that is negative and only see the positive. Um, these two past two episodes, at least for me, they've been rough. They've 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 been rough. I I want to love this because it's Doctor Who. Like this is my show. But I'm I'm I've struggled with these. I still hold out hope for the series. The the rest of the series though, I. I don't know. 
The next one is a Mark Geddes, though, and <laughs> I've, I've made my opinion very clear of what I think of Mr. Geddes and Doctor Who. <laughs> well, hopefully we, um, we will be pleasantly surprised with the final few episodes of the season leading into the finale and the Christmas special, and we know Capaldi's leaving, but we're not sure if Pearl Mackey's leaving, but she probably is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, and then we have a new showrunner, new doctor, and so I mean, there's a lot of of fun to look forward to. Um, I'm excited about the difference that that um, Chibnall may bring to the show. Um, so, yeah, having a positive it's, outlook, but just not feeling positive right now. There's there's always hope. There is always hope. There's there's, I mean, we live for things like regenerations, right? that breathes new life into every, every series. If this was Capaldi's first series, um, it, it, it might look a little bit more hopeless, but I mean, dang, we only got four more or five more episodes left. It's going to be done before we know it. Yep. I think we've gotten the doctor regeneration misdirection with every modern doctor, except for, uh, nine. I'm pretty sure yeah. nine just had the straight up regeneration, but uh, Tennant did the the whole thing where it was like he's going to regenerate, and then he just regenerated back into his own face. Smith had the one on you know with this the spacesuit and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And then now we got this one with Capaldi. Can I just ask a question? If Capaldi could use his regeneration energy for a practical joke why in the world was he still blind <laughs> right i mean there was a lot of energy coming out there that, that was that was a lot of expended energy at that point um no it's I, honestly i there's re-watching the episodes there's always highlights um there's always funny comments there's always things that are missed and I, I think, I think again, a, a listener brought it up on our Facebook page when about the discussion of ranking. One reason he said he doesn't like ranking is because you go back through the episodes and you end up liking something that you didn't originally like. I'm finding that even now as I go back and watch Donna Noble episodes, right? Like she wasn't my favorite, but now there's things about her. There's parts of her stories. There's the way that she looks at things that honestly I'm loving. Um, maybe this is one of those things that just needs time. It just needs to have a chance to to ferment and bubble before before it really shows its true quality. Maybe, maybe. And with that, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll, we can close the door on the discussion of uh, the pyramid at the end of the world and the lie of the land. Not not didn't live up to the expectations of extremists in my mind. Yeah, and if you guys like listeners, I know you know we're talking about we're being really hard on this these episodes. If you guys did like these episodes, you know, and you just think we're completely wrong, contact us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear you hear from you on Twitter, Facebook, email, however you want to communicate with us. Even if it's something that you would like us to share on 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 our episode, we would love to do that. But yeah, I, I'm always interested to hear opposing opinions, um, and it's kind of like one of those things where I find I actually find comfort. And the fact that somebody likes something that I don't because it makes me realize that there's good in it too. And so like, I'm really hoping there are people out there that really enjoyed this trilogy 
and have found all the good parts of it and look at me and think, oh, why is he being so, you know, so negative on it? Um, you know, I, I want to hear that. So definitely communicate with us on our Facebook page. Um, that's probably the easiest place. And just let us know your thoughts on these episodes. Cool. But yeah, so for now, we can wrap up. Um, I was just talking about all of our social media stuff that you can communicate with us. You can also leave us a review on iTunes if you listen to our show and you enjoy it. We'd love for you to head over to iTunes. Leave us a nice five-star review. Um, our Twitter is at Bad Wolf Podcast. Facebook, we are Bad Wolf Radio. If you search for us, you can find our page. Also, our group. Um, if you want to join our group, definitely jump into the conversation. We have a, a fun little group of people over there talking about uh, Doctor Who. Um, Instagram, at Bad Wolf Radio. And Adam, you did an awesome Instagram story run for these last episodes. I wanted to give you a shout out. I was, oh, shucks. I was very entertained. I was going through them. I actually found myself commenting on a couple of them. <laughs> like <laughs> The only comments on our Instagram story are from one of the podcast hosts. But um, if you guys aren't following us on Instagram, uh, definitely check that out because it's, it's a lot of fun. And you can see what Adam looks like. He, he's not shy. He actually uh, turns the camera on himself every once in a while. Um, Takes a lot. Takes a lot. Not going to lie. <laughs> uh, and you can send us feedback. Our email, badwolfpodcast at gmail.com. And you can always find us on the Pod Tyrant Podcast Network over at Geek Tyrant. So until next time, later days.